0: Uh, we're in a, a series called Stewardship, and uh, we've been a we're couple of weeks in. We looked at uh, stewarding our time and our treasure and our talents uh, last week. Just, just, I'll, I just want to encourage you. Some of these messages are fantastic to give to some of your friends. That you have when it relates to this particular topic, because there's loads of helpful stuff here. I just want to encourage you, yes, you get the benefit of having this, but just think, who could I give this to? As we talk about very practical things in how to steward uh, our lives together. Today, we're looking at the theology of work, two-parter in terms of the theology and then the practice of work. And uh, we're going to be doing this mainly from uh, Genesis today um, looking at where it came from but uh, just wanted to start with a quick survey uh, who already is dreading tomorrow morning who are, who are the Monday morning dreaders there, there'll be a few of you uh, in, in the room you know that once church is done it's it's not long to go till you get back to work who are, who are the guys who well I'm just it's just work isn't it it's just work God do it pays the bills I'm just going to go and do it. You know, no more, no less. Who are those guys? Who's that? (laughs) Who are the lovers? Who can't wait to get back into work on Monday morning? (laughs) And who are the guys or girls that haven't stopped working all weekend when you probably should have done? Not too many hands in the air at that moment, eh? (laughs) Some people might be able to recognise that. I tell you what, if following Jesus is about all of life, then we must take Jesus and follow him into the workplace. We spend about a third of our lives in the workplace. And when I talk in workplace, I mean everything that is outside of the home that you go to do, but also everything that's in the home that you do. Uh, And just to broaden this, it's... Education, you're studying, you're at a place of, of study. That's your work at this moment for students and for, for young people too. 90,000 hours we will spend <laughs> at work. And so therefore, we need to understand it and how it connects to Jesus and how Jesus connects to our work. Because the reality is, if there is no real connection, then work is, some, could be meaningless In fact, life could be meaningless because we spend so much time at work, and we are therefore in this sort of culture of consuming, of meeting our own desires, and essentially trying not to die or just waiting for death at that moment in the meaninglessness of life and potentially the meaninglessness of work. And so we need to understand the why of work, we need to understand what it is, and who is it for? primarily and for that we need to fit work into a grand story and that's what I love about the bible is that it is a grand story of life and how to live well so we're going to go back to the very beginning to look at the origin of work in genesis 1 it says in the beginning isn't that how good stories start in the beginning long time ago in a land far, far away. It's a story about work. It's about labor. It's a story about many things, but it's also a story about vocation. It says that God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I know that you've got a thousand questions around that. But it doesn't answer those questions right here. What it's interested in is what is there now? is that God's there. The heavens and the earth are now there. The story is concerned with what's there and how God is going to make it into something even better for a purpose. And we're going to find out what that purpose is. Verse 2. Don't worry, I'm not going to go by verse by verse the whole time, all right? Now the earth was formless and empty... Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Formless and empty. Not much good for anything, really, at that point. And someone else clever and I said that in the original Hebrew, these words uh, kind of go together. They kind of rhyme a little bit. And, uh, and so someone cleverer said, this is like wild and waste. It's wild and wasteland at this point. Not particularly good for anything, not good for humans. But there is his, there's someone hovering over the waters, the spirit of God. There is his life-giving presence, present. And we know when that God is present, he can do things, he can make things, he can make good out of nothing. He can make something out of nothing. And uh, he can bring order from chaos. How does he do this? Well, we read verse five, day and night. He separates day and night, potentially to give us time. Because humans need time. He does something with the sky and the land. In verse eight and 10, he contains the waters, if you like, because we're not good in the sea verse 11, there's vegetation. It says that there are, uh, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. What kind of plants and trees? Fruit trees. They're good for humans. We'll come back to the fruit tree in a minute. What's God doing here? He is making things ready To produce life, to produce humanity, and so that wild and wonder can go from wild to white to wild can go to wonder and waste can go to worth. That's what he's doing here. He's creating beauty, order, and benefit. And he's doing it not for himself particularly. I'm sure he's enjoying it but for others that's really important see this is an early definition of work is to bring order beauty creative goodness and worth all for the benefit of others that's work i'm going to jump to verse 26 it says then god said let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. And verse 28 says, Be fruitful, he said, whence he'd made them, and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Here's the pinnacle of God's creation as he makes mankind in his image so that they may rule over all the things that had already been created. These created creatures are God's co-workers. They take on his role in the world. You see, when trees reproduce, they make more trees. As Tim Mackey helpfully helped me with this whole sort of imagery of this origin of Work. He says, when rabbits reproduce, and they do, don't they? When they go at it like rabbits, they make millions of rabbits. But when humans reproduce, we make families. We make neighborhoods. We make cities. We make music. We make food. We make culture. We remake what is there for God's glory and for his good. They remake the earth. And it's an incredible thing that we get to partner with God in that way. Let's have a look at that word, ruling over the fish, the sea, in the sea, the birds, the sky, the loaves, the wild animals, over everything that had been created. You see, Adam and Eve and mankind as a result were meant to subdue what God had given. That's not a negative word. It's actually a positive word. You see, if you help things and nurture things, you get more fruit. A while back when we started this year, we talked about pruning for fruitfulness. And uh, Alan Kenny said, you need to come to my garden. And some of you will know Alan, and I went to his garden and here we are. We are pruning a vine. Well, Alan is pruning a vine, and uh, I am watching. And I am thinking, Alan, what are you doing to that plant? You are killing it. You are taking bit after bit after bit after bit. You're killing that vine. Look, I have evidence of some of the stuffy. <laughs> I just spilled my water. <laughs> Apologies to the cleaning team. I have evidence. Here's some of the stuff that got chopped off. He he chopped it off for me as a memento to keep uh, in my bedroom. (laughs) I don't keep it in my bedroom. (laughs) What's happening here? He's subduing the vine to produce greater fruitfulness. That's what that word means, I believe, in that context. You see... There is creativity that is therefore there. God, dear, what a mess. I'm glad this is going out on YouTube. (laughs) When you submit something, (laughs) you increase its fruitfulness. And that's what we're to do here on the earth. Just for a moment, as this is going all wrong, I wonder, if there are creative people in the room. We've heard about God's creativity. Some of you will be using your creativity in your line of work. If that's you, I'd love you to stand up. There's musicians, there's art, there's sculptors, there's all sorts of things that use creativity in the workplace. And whilst I'm letting this dry, this is what we're doing. Great, come on. Yeah. You're working in this area and you are reflecting God's image as a creator. Isn't it amazing? Some of you builders. Some of you designers. Whether material or online, it doesn't matter. You're being creative. You're planning. You're painting. You're creating music, poetry. That's fantastic, isn't it? Guys, I want to say to you, Keep creating in the image of God and do it for his glory wherever you are. Have a sit down. Okay. Verse 31, I'm jumping. God saw all that he had made and it was good. God's creation is good. Genesis 2.2, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. What was he doing? Work. Work. God was working. So on the seventh day, he rested. That comes in a few weeks. That comes in a few weeks. We're going to be looking at the whole area of rest. So God was the first worker. God does, and then he hands over to his co-workers to complete the task. Isn't God great at delegation, leadership, and stewardship right there? Genesis 2, we're jumping into 2.15, 2, says that God took the man and he put him in the garden, just to emphasize my point, to work it and to take care of it. God puts us in our own garden patch to go with intention and attention, to care for it, to tend it, to make it fruitful wherever he's put us. All right, I'm going again. There's a whole bunch of maintenance stuff that God does to sustain the earth. It's like providential, okay? Maybe you are a providential worker in your workplace. You are sustaining things. Maintenance roles, IT, plumbers, retail, food, office workers, stand up if that's you. This is your providential role in sustaining all that we do and all that this planet is. It's finance, it's business. It's so much of what we do. I wanna thank you for the work that you do to sustain us and to keep us going in every way. May God bless you in your workplace. Sit down. Let's just reiterate what have we learned here. God is good. Everything he made was good. Work is inherently good. It came before the fall. We haven't got to Genesis 3 yet. It's important to know that. Number two, work is a divine gift that imitates God himself. If you see a human at work, and we all like to watch people work, don't we? We like to watch people work As you watch them, a human at work, you're seeing an image of God and what he does. Work, therefore, is dignified. All work has value. I'm going to say that again. All work, huge politicians running countries, has value, and menial tasks, they have value. Because work has an inherent value of itself. All work is God's work. There are no jobs that are better than others. What I'm doing right here now is not superior to any of your jobs. And the other way around. And it should never be thought of in that way. It's just what God's given me to do for this moment. Number three. We are created to work in order to bring order and beauty to everything that's around us. To take the potential that we have and to turn it into a reality in however God has called us to do that. And one way he's called us to do it as Christians is to do it to the best of our ability. Because when you know there is value in work, whatever you're doing, You can do it with all your might to demonstrate to those around you that you're working not for yourself, not even for the finance of that, not even because you just have to do something with your hands, but because it has inherent value and you're serving God as you do it. That's number four. You work for him and his glory. Your workstation is your worship station. It didn't last very long, though, all that good stuff, because in chapter 3, we have the curse at work. Genesis 2, 16, says this, the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The tree represents a choice for mankind. To go with God, submit to him, or to go for themselves and be their own lord of their own life. God's way or our way. There's a, a moral discerning that needs to happen here. And let's be honest, there's a huge amount of moral discerning that happens in our workplace every day. Every day judgments and decisions that we make. Sometimes, too, we can submit under God's rule for those. Sometimes we can seize for ourselves. I have a little bit more garden. Thank you, God. Are we going to trust God or are we going to trust ourselves? And we know the serpent deceives. He says, did God really say? Isn't God being restrictive? Isn't he narrowing? who you can be and where you can go no God said you're free to eat from anything in the garden He just provided a guideline for our own benefit we choose to go our own way sin enters the world it enters God's big story it undoes undo- some of God's good back to some of God's disorder where there was beauty and uh, goodness where there was uh, worth and wonder that's back to some wild and some waste in our marriages, in our families, in our relationships, and therefore definitely in our work. Let's see what the result was. Verse 17 to 19. It says, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, as a result of the, 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 uh, the curse, in Genesis 3, you will eat food from, all, from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, it says, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. It's not all bad news. We still get to eat eat food, three times it says we'll get to eat. But the bad news is this, that the environment now has changed. We work within resistance. There's weeds. There's thistles. There's thorns. We don't always know where they're coming from. They come externally, and they come internally. Sometimes I'm the problem for some more wild And waste (laughs) I planted stuff, we've done it in our own garden, you'll know it all too well it's so difficult isn't it they're there, you pull them up two days later, they're there again the weeds in our relationships in in the world in the, the sin of my co-workers I'll let you dwell on that one for a little bit In other stuff, things outside of our control. I had a business enterprise idea. It was going so well. And then the markets changed. Tension, frustration, unfulfilled in our workplaces. Maybe exploited even. Maybe we're the ones doing the exploiting. Or maybe we're the ones being exploited in this hungry, greed, greed world that we now live in. And I just wanted to say, for someone here, or maybe a, a few today, you're thinking because of all this stuff, you're even at the crossroads of decision, that there's so much difficulty in your workplace, that today you're thinking of quitting. And I want to just say to you, you may not be in the wrong job. You may just not have the right understanding of how work is in the reality of this fallen world. And I would urge you in, to just check your spirit as to what God is doing in you, and not to throw it all out, because it might just be that you've put the frustrations and the, the difficulties above everything else, but he has called you into that place. And in your heart of hearts, you know that you should be there. And I believe he's going to give you the grace to follow that through for greater fruitfulness to come. Just a quick note on if your work is now your identity, it shouldn't be. If your entire worth is now in your work and that's where you get your self-esteem, it's the wrong way around. That's not what work is for. And I would urge you again to put your identity back into Jesus because identity and work is a hiding to nothing. It, it will destroy you and it will destroy others around you and you don't want that. <laughs> Let's talk about the redemption of work quickly. Verse 15, I will put enmity between you this is God speaking and the woman. And between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Here's the good news in amongst the fall, because God doesn't want to leave us this way. And somehow in his incredible providence, there is an offspring that's gonna come from the woman that's gonna take if you like, the venom of the serpent upon himself. And he is therefore going to defeat sin. And the one who does that, his name is Jesus. And he did it upon a cross for every one of us. (laughs) He defeats the source of evil for the redemption of us, for the saving of our souls, for the restoration of our lives so that we can have that intimate relationship with him and begin as a follower of him to redeem and restore something of all that was broken through the curse back to God's intention. We all have a part to play. We are the new creation, he's made us new, He wants us to have an influence on our society, in our workplaces, in our homes. He wants us to transform culture just as we have been transformed. And with a third of our lives being outworked in that place, whatever that place is for you, God goes with you. He wants to remind you this morning, you are a new creation. You can bring wonder, and worth to those around you and to society for his glory. Nearly done. Let's have a few more people stand up. Should we talk about God's compassion and God's justice? If you work in the justice system, maybe you're a police person, maybe you're a lawyer or in anything in, in that area, If you're in the compassionate areas of work, the health service, uh, the care work, I want you to stand up. Let's see who you are. Thank you so much for carrying something of the justice of God in our wayward society. Thank you for standing up for what is right and endeavoring to bring a Christlikeness in the places that you work. Thank you if you care for those that are broken and are suffering at this time. You are doing the very work of God. And he wants to bless you in that work and make you a blessing. Have a sit down. You are called like I am to complete the story in your place of work, your little patch of garden, being an example, standing for the truth. This is your worship. This is your witness. But it doesn't start with those things. It starts with you doing what God has given you to do in this moment, because it has inherent value, inherent dignity. And you can do it for all your worth, knowing that you're bringing glory to His name. Should we stand together? let's stand. Maybe the band can come and help me. We're just going to minister for a few moments, right where we are. I mean, this is a this is a whole church word. It's applicable to every person, as it were. Maybe God's already been working in you. Maybe God's adjusting your moral compass. Because of the big story and understanding of work and where it is, that you want to stop cutting corners and do it well for Him, or worse, trying to get more when it's not yours to get. Maybe God's adjusting your identity in what your work's in, what your identity is in. Well, maybe God today is just underlining that what you do is worth it and has inherent value, which is so important. So Lord, I pray you change our perspectives wherever we're at, that we would truly be your workers. Wherever you've put us, give those, especially who are struggling in the workplace, give them hope. Because we have the hope of a future restoration when everything's going to be made new. We're going to work the ground again in His presence, in His way, for His glory. And the produce is going to be extraordinary. Until that time, God, (laughs) let our workplaces be places of worship, places of witness. I believe some of you are right now getting a real stirring of the Holy Spirit that you're to do, you're actually to change culture where you are, you're to, you're to bring such a, a Christian ethic and value that is going to be significant for you in your workplace. Just receive that now. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit keep ministering to you, particularly if you want specific prayer then you're welcome to come to the prayer banner. Otherwise, we're just going to wait on him for a bit and then we may sing together as a final song. God, would you help us to redeem our workplaces? In Jesus' name, amen.